Last week, I shared a little more of my life before grief. And when you go through grief, a lot of your past can come to the surface, whether it's positive or negative. My perception of God was skewed as I had religion, but not strong relationship with him. I needed someone to lash out at. (laughs) So between blaming God and myself, there was a lot of junk to deal with. In grief, I felt so broken. But what I realized was that God broke me open. He gave me an example in Monica of what real faith looks like when you have a real relationship with God. This week, I share the wow of God, the amazing transformation he made in my life, my entire life from the journey of grief. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Hey, I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Are y'all wondering where the couch went? (laughs) I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. Thank you for being here. I hope you always feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Singapore, our spotlight country. And in the U.S., California, you remain at the top as the state with the most downloads this week. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 80 countries now. This tells me that there is a need to talk about grief and that it's felt throughout the world. So know that whatever country or state you're in, you're not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there's new listeners each week, so if that's you, welcome to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here because it tells me that you are taking steps towards your healing. Now for you new listeners, if you hear me talk about Monica, her faith, or her death, and you want some background, just go to my website, grief the number two greatday.com and click on the book tab. There you will find Dying to Be Healed, the book I wrote about the last six months of Monica's journey. Her faith was unreal and her death changed me. She's the reason that you're listening to me today. In this podcast, we're going to talk about you understanding what you're going through, how to get through the day and how to get closer to God instead of pulling away from Him. So if you're just starting your journey, please know life will change. It's not always going to hurt like this, and it's really important for you to hear that often. You won't stop missing your loved one, but you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. This is the second part to the story. In broad strokes of my past, including wanting to end life during my marriage, financial ruin, and starting 
all over again and again and again. If you haven't heard the first part, please go back and listen to last week's episode now, or the rest of this won't make as much sense or have as much meaning. As a disclaimer, a lot of my life drama and confusion was due to bad decisions that I made. And in many instances, I did not make the situations I was in better. I was not the person I am today, and therefore my reactions and perspective, they were also not so good. But I'm just trying to paint an overall picture of how hard and hopeless life was. This is when I moved into Monica's trailer. At age 27, I was divorced, lost, angry, and tired of how hard life had been. And life did not change overnight. And actually, in the beginning, Monica and I had many differences of opinion. But over time, she taught me that life could be good and what living life meant. Up until that point, I had only known surviving circumstances that I lived in. And those two things, they are very different. She was the mother I never had. She was my best friend and sister I never had, even though I had a sister and a mother by blood. Monica went with me when I had to walk with great shame into bankruptcy court. She was kind and encouraged me to do things I had been told I was not capable of, like going to college. Monica literally threw the Bible at me when I was making poor choices and helped me get back into church. She and I talked about religion and relationship with God, and we were both in full search mode for a better life. Now, I've had other losses in my life, some of which I haven't shared, but I always managed to keep it together. Monica was the life preserver that God gave me when I was drowning in all the circumstances and drama of my life. So when she got sick and then died, I lost it. And on top of that, the way she walked through those last six months of her life turned my knowledge of God and faith upside down. Why would God bring me so far? Why would he give me a purpose in her music ministry just to yank it all away? Why would he allow such suffering when she was so faith-filled? As you can see, I had the why questions down, and God heard them daily, okay, maybe hourly, but I was just so angry with him. My first year of grief, I was steeped in the why questions, and I analyzed most aspects of her sickness, her suffering, and her steadfastness, and all those things made me angrier. I didn't contemplate suicide, but I did tell God that if he was ready for me, I was okay with that, and I actually expected for that to happen. See, after Monica died, I fulfilled a promise that she made to a friend of hers to fly to Atlanta and help her get a visa for her mother. I knew the plane was going to crash. I was so certain I had a will drawn up, wrote everything out, including where my dogs would go, and I gave it to my friend Trish. I told her <laughs> I told her it was in case anything happened, but on the inside, I just knew I wasn't coming back. As the plane took off from Raleigh towards Atlanta, I wondered how it would feel to actually crash. Would it be on the ground, in the water, into the mountains? I know, right? A lot of thought. But the plane didn't crash on the way to Atlanta, and I was surprised. I was like, okay, well, maybe on the way back. And that had to be it, because that way, Monica's friend would have gotten the visa straight. 
when we landed, I was pissed. We had to sit on the tarmac at Raleigh Airport for like an hour. And I remember looking out of the window with tears falling because I was still in this world. So let's move on to the how. The second year of grief, which by the way, is not always easier and sometimes is harder than the first year. But the second year for me, I started to give in a little bit. I realized my why questions weren't going to be answered and they weren't helping me. In fact, they were keeping me down and depressed. I was tired of crying, of being tired, of working hard to get through the days. So I started looking at what I still had. I felt a deep sense of loss, but I also felt a deep sense of gratitude that made me cry just as hard. And I had that day one after her death. I think the gratitude was for experiencing a different kind of faith while Monica was sick. I knew quite clearly that I had to choose whether I was going to carry on. I didn't have to know what that meant beyond that one decision, but the decision had to be made. Sitting on the fence of trusting God or not trusting God is a terrible place to be. In making that decision, my why questions started turning into how questions. If I was going to continue to live, how would I do that? How would I get to care about anything beyond surviving? How would I get meaning and purpose starting from scratch again? See, I had religion and I had been saved, actually baptized the same day as one of my best friends as a teenager, but that's where it ended. Was God who he said he was? I probably would have lost my faith had it not been for Monica's example. So I went after God. And what that means is, I read the Bible, I listened to sermons at church, on DVDs, online, anywhere and everywhere I could find them. I was in my Bible and went to conferences constantly because I had to know if what God said was for real. Now I'm going to move to the wow part of this. And going after God, he showed me many things. He showed me and allowed me to feel how strong I was, how I could be resilient. Heck, I had started over from scratch three previous times. <laughs> he gave me a roof over my head, food in my fridge, and he gave me renewed hope for more. Now, I had all those things in the first year of grief, but I never appreciated them like I was starting to now. God showed me that I was loved by surrounding me with godly friends. God gave me an incredible North Carolina support system. He helped me finish two master's degrees and to have a decent job in public health, something that I really enjoyed. He gave me glimpses of something bigger to come, even though I didn't know what it was. He gave me a heart for others going through grief, and he taught me incredible lessons about faith. He gave me opportunities to share Monica's story, my faith, and his goodness. And if you want to get really detailed, I actually realized that he gave me health and breath and trees, and birds, and a love for most animals and critters, and an awe for how he paints the sky that I never cared about before. I look back, and I see my grief journey was all about the why initially. It slowly, after the first year, turned to how, and then years down the road, I could see the wow of what God did in my life, even with me kicking and screaming along the way. If you don't see any of the wow yet, Please do not feel bad about that. I'm telling you, it took me years. 
So I want to revisit some of the bad things I shared last week and show you some more of the wow of God. My family situation. My narcissistic mother. You know, there's no spinning what or who she was, and I left out many details <laughs> in last week's episode. But what man meant for harm, God turned into good. What I gained by being raised under mental illness was depth, maturity, and resilience. You know, I learned to read behavior before I even thought about getting a degree in psychology. I am also highly attuned to recognizing people with similar traits, and I stay far away from forming relationships with those people. That's a blessing, y'all, because protecting my peace, it's up to me, and God gave me great discernment. God also and always provided good people in my life at every juncture. I became a part of my best friend's families growing up and was able to experience having good mother figures in them and especially in Monica. See, God gave me family all along the way. After moving to North Carolina, my dad called me one time while my mother was grocery shopping. Come to find out, she checked the phone bill and <laughs> raked him over the coals for calling me when she wasn't home. See, she thought we were talking about her. So he began calling collect each week for two years before he died, and we were able to stay close until then. As for my sister, she and I now have a relationship, and we did probably three or four years before my mother died. And that, that's a whole nother God story. But I pray for her that one day she can let go of my mother's influence on her life. My mother, she died in 2020, and she left everything to my ex-husband. The blessing there is that she is no longer struggling in life, and my ex, well, he is finally out of my life entirely. I shared that I was robbed at gunpoint. Well, that moment clarified my next step in life. However, even though it was a traumatic event, I never had a single nightmare of what happened and God allowed it to be nothing more than a memory. And though I did work at the FBI for a little while, God used that to change my mind about wanting to be a special agent and about staying in the Maryland, D.C. area. I spent the first 22 years in Maryland and the last 34 years here in NC, where I know I belong. My financial situation. After the divorce and declaring bankruptcy, I worked on building my credit. Monica and I worked hard to go to school and pay bills, and we even worked on a pig farm to earn money. Yes, a pig farm. It was a long and slow journey, but for over the past two decades, I've had great credit, which I know Dave Ramsey would say isn't something to boast about. <laughs> over the years, I've been blessed to be able to help many people with their needs, including schooling and housing and emergency funds. And now, Jeff and I also give strategically. I share this to say that if you had told me 30 years ago that I'd be helping others instead of needing help, I would have thought you were crazy. God gave me a kind person to call a friend and sister in Monica. Moving in with her and that small trailer for $100 a month was the only reason I didn't become homeless through my divorce even though I owned the house my ex lived in. On to marriage. <laughs> After 25 years of being divorced and not too trusting 
when it came to relationships, men or marriage, I'm beyond blessed to have met and married Jeff. If I had made a list of what I wanted, he would have clicked off some of the boxes. <laughs> However, God's list of what I needed in a mate were checked off 110%. And I don't mean what I needed in a selfish or materialistic way. Jeff and I truly support each other. We love each other with action and not just words. We push each other to be the best we can be. And if you haven't heard me say this before, Jeff was the one who said I should quit my job to go all in with grief to great day. The losses in my life, they've been hard, but they have easily taught me lessons. And I think they all prepared me for what was coming with Monica's death. Her ministry for others was in song, but for me, it was in her steadfast faith during her last months. My ministry was to be the behind-the-scenes person in her music ministry. After her death, I thought I would help people with their health. But God gave me a heart to walk with others during the hardest season of life. So I guess my ministry is still about Monica's ministry because it's about faith and hope. Only now, I can no longer be the behind-the-scenes person and I have to come out of my comfort zone while trusting God to handle the outcome. I show up and he shows out. This next part I want you to really listen to. I learned that hopeless can turn into hopeful, that not wanting to live can turn into immense gratitude for life, that mourning can turn into joy, that beauty can come from ashes. And I learned that what God says, it's true. It's true whether we feel it or not. His plans for my life, his plans for your life will come to fruition and they will be good. They will be nothing like you ever expected. It really will be, wow, how did he do that? The word of the week is Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace and in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And the song of the week, which I just heard for the first time this week because of one of the wonderful members of our private Facebook group is called Peace by Anna Golden. Here are some of the lyrics. I found peace in the desert. I found peace in raging waves. I found peace in the valley and in what you say. And I can finally breathe again. You know, people think that because I'm happy or nice or encouraging that life has been easy. But God showed me that I can still be joyful, kind, and encouraging because life hasn't been easy. That's the wow. Where there is no test, there is no testimony. So you can't tell someone else who's walking through dark days that the sun is going to come out if you haven't experienced it because it holds little meaning. Whatever you're going through today or have been going through for the last year or 10 years, don't you give up. Let God have control of your lives. Ask him how and really seek him through prayer and reading the Bible and then be amazed at what happens in your life. If you're thinking, I have been doing these things and nothing is happening, then I'm, I'm going to challenge you here. So you can be stubborn like I once was. 
But once I got it, once I realized I had to surrender the junk, the disappointment, the confusion, the unfair circumstances, the hurts, the expectations of what my future was supposed to look like, when I really surrendered that to him, life really did a 180. See, I didn't do anything other than surrender. If you do that, you're going to look back and you won't have any other option than to say, wow, won't he do it? It doesn't feel like it now, but if your hope and your certainty is founded in God, there will be joy again and you will have purpose in the life you are rebuilding. I'm not giving you any journey works this week. I just want you to, okay, I am giving you journey works this week. <laughs> just think about what surrender would look like to you. By listening to this episode, it tells me you're doing the work of grief. And y'all, I know that's not easy. If you're ready to take another step towards healing, there are more resources on the website, grief2greatday.com. As always, if you don't have a home church, visit my church, omadorchurch.com. Everything you need, all the links are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future and know that you are not alone. Keep coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking the steps, however small or slow, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, Grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.